MindView has just become our latest addition as a partner with Coaching You. MindView is an amazing, amazing company that literally is just releasing a platform. They have developed an incredible assessment that we have just totally, totally been blown away with. Because on this assessment, that you can take in a matter of 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes on your phone, the things that you've never been able to measure before, like resilience, grit, hope, adaptability, all these things, they are able to measure them as to how you're thinking and feeling right now. This is a game changer as far as I'm concerned. I'm a strength finder guy. I love all that. But MindView is the latest technology. It is just literally coming on the market right now. The platform that they've created is second to none. The emphasis right now on your player's mental wellness is unprecedented. I'm sold on MindView. Now it's your turn. For more information about MindView, M-I-N-D-V-U-E, please contact the COO, Cleet McQuinn. His email is cmcquinn at mindview.com or visit their website at mindview.com. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. I think today you're really going to enjoy Alan Keane. Alan Keane is a coach in England who, through a couple of our really good coaching friends here in the States, uh, Chris Oliver and the great coach, Nick, great teachers, uh, you know, they put me in touch with Alan Keane. And I think what you're going to learn from Alan Keane is simply uh, how to coach better. And... As I've always said, X's and O's are really important. Talent is really, really important. But what you do and how you uh, handle and coach is even the most important. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. But I want you, when you're listening, uh, whether you're on a recruiting trip, whether you're at home, or whether you're uh, walking or on your exercise machine, do do it with an open mind. And be there to listen, because I'll tell you what, at the end of this, it was one of the most thought-provoking times I've ever had on Coaching You Podcast. So sit back and really enjoy Alan Keene after a word from our sponsors. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You Podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at 
Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Prepare like the pros with the new FastDraw. FastDraw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content and resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next Fast Model purchase. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and I'm so excited today, Alan Keene. Alan, you're the first, first person from England to ever appear on our podcast. Welcome, my friend. Well, Coach, it's an absolute privilege, and not just to be the first person from England, but it's it's a privilege to be on a platform with you. And you've you've definitely entertained me in many car rides and bus trips throughout the country over the past few years. So I really appreciate the opportunity to share on your platform. Yeah, guys, like uh, guys like Chris Oliver, myself, and we 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 do we help a lot of coaches work out. We help a lot of coaches drive and uh, journey around the world. So uh, that's 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 great. But uh, tell me about uh, what you're doing in your career as a young guy. Now you've really gone up, uh, and I know it might not seem as fast as you uh, want. But talk about your career and how you've your journey, if you would. Well, I'll start, I'll start it off by saying I've been very blessed in one way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I've been very blessed to be surrounded with some great people. And, you know, before I share anything on here today, I, I'd really like to pay it forward to people like Vlad Andreskovic from Serbia and Warwick Khan from Australia, who were very instrumental in my coach development. You know, I started off here as a, as a young coach in the UK, originally from Ireland, came over here for studies and to be a teacher. And I quickly got onto the performance pathway for coaching in the UK which meant I coached at the regional level at a young age, under 13, under 15, all the way up to under 18. And, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I had a lot of support. I had a lot of guidance, a lot of nudging um, through the trials and tribulations developing along a performance pathway. And it's, it's allowed me to go on and, and be considered a successful under 18 national team head coach, a couple of medals at Division B. Um, and then I took on a full-time coaching job with the pro team and the academy program in Reading, with Reading Rockets about four or five years ago. I think I've been very lucky on one hand that I've had good people around me, but I also think I've, I've created a bit of that look as well by gravitating to great people. And, you know, just the paid forward stuff I'll share on here today will come from people like Vlad and Warwick, like I said, but also from people like Mark Bennett. I've had a wonderful mentor, a wonderful, wonderful mentor in Mark Bennett who's developed his own unique way to influence coaches, which ultimately means we influence players better. And, and more recently, Coach, I'd just like to take, give a mention to Stephen Rolnick and um, Simon Turner, who, who, who are kind of having me looking, who, who have me looking at sports and coaching from a different perspective. Um, and in current times with the current situations, it's really um, healthy. It's a really healthy perspective because they're, asking me a lot of questions about, well, how can you coach at the, at the elite performance level 
and still have a positive impact on society, which actually ties in with where my current coaching philosophy lies. So it's, it's quite a refreshing journey, to be honest, at the moment. And I want to talk about Mark down the road, but uh, what I wanted to do, and for and, and again, we have listeners from all over the world, but uh, obviously a lot of high school, college, and professional coaches in the U.S. Uh, so one of the things that I like to do is I, I like – uh, for the people that are listening to you, because I think this is fabulous stuff that we're going to talk about, is we like to make them think. And, you know, to, for one's talent to really maximize its potential, I think you not, need to be a, you know, constant and never-ending learner and have a growth mindset, as you, I know, agree with. Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's the other thing. I mean, I've got to take a, I had to take a deep dive into myself coach in order for me to, in order for my players to get better. I realized, you know, I won't say how many years ago it was, but we're talking five to 10 years ago. I realized five to 10 years ago, because probably I was influenced by somebody else. um, But I was, I, my mindset went towards, I'll be doing my players and my teams a disservice if I don't grow myself with them. So, you know, where I'm at at the moment is I see my coaching as a progressive journey for me as well as the players. And, 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 I'll, and I'll make a statement now, coach, that, may, that I get pushed back on. But I, I truly believe in it because it's where I'm at with my coaching philosophy at the moment. And I feel very sound with it from trial and error. But I believe every time I walk in the gym, I believe that I am not the expert in that gym. And I don't believe any coach is the expert in the gym when they walk in there. I believe the players are the expert. And and if I can underpin that a little bit more, my thought process process behind that is if you start with the end in mind and we ask ourselves all the time, what kind of players do we want? What kind of players do we want to develop? Very often it comes back to we want to build, we want to have players who are great decision makers. The ability to pass, dribble, shoot, play defense, all those components come because of osmosis. If we left the players alone in the gym, they'd become good at that stuff. But how do we develop effective decision makers when the game is on the line and they're under pressure and the player has to make a decision for themselves? How do we influence that? And I think we influence that by starting with the mindset of that the experts in that room are the players, the experts in that gym are the players, not the coach, but experts from what perspective? I'm talking about experts from developing a level of creativity. I don't think I can prescribe or, or, or give a platform or a template to a player for, how, for him to be creative. I think that emerges from the player. What I have to be an expert in is actually how do I facilitate that practice session? How do I facilitate that environment where creativity emerges from those 12 guys in front of me? And that's where I'm very much at at the moment. And it, it is around heavy, it's heavily dependent on a lot of factors, a lot of facilitators that go into facilitating a practice session where you're working cognitively with the players. There's a lot inside that we can unpick, Coach, but that's ultimately what my definition of success is. Will these guys leave me in two years when they finish the academy program? Will the pro guys who come to me and want to go on to a bigger contract, bigger club, bigger league, will they leave me better independent thinkers better have a higher ability to self-manage to, to be self-sufficient on and off the court if they leave me with those elements those components that's my definition of success it would be nice to have a trophy and uh, along the way don't get me wrong yeah. we're trying to win games but i'm defining my success not on wins and losses i'm defining my success on the journey i can take that player on over a season or be at the course of a few seasons depending on how long they're with us well i love that i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a couple of questions at you 
that I hope will continue to extract some great stuff and teachings from you. And I do agree uh, what you just said about the players. I'm a huge believer in that. But let me just, uh, for the coaches that are listening, uh, because I think this is one where they're they're going to end up learning so much from your session today. Your, from your definition, Alan, what is coaching to you? Coaching to me, well, first of all, in its purest form, yeah, it's a, it's a privilege. Coaching to me is a pri- why why it's a privilege to me because somebody else is letting me into their life to guide and to influence them, and that's a privileged position to be in. And you know, I in the I like most coaches, you end the season thanking them for allowing you to be part of their life. But coaching to me is a journey. You know, it's, there's no and there is I've heard, you know as Nike said, there is no finishing line with that. That's right. It's a wonderful journey that's going to test every. Every bit, every emotion you have in your body, if you if you give yourself fully to it, if you jump into it with two feet in, I think it will it will it will grow, test, and shape you as a person. I'm not talking about the players; I'm talking me as a coach. Um, so for me, it's it's a wonderful journey. That's a privilege to be on in a nutshell, and that's a very short answer, coach. No, and I love that. Uh, one of the things when you do end up coaching, you know, the best of the best, uh, you know having the privilege to be with Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Isaiah and uh, Thomas and Rodman and those kind of guys. Uh, a friend of mine once said to me, uh, you know, I, I I felt not as, I didn't have as good an answer as you did, but my friend said to me, he said, Coach, this is a, it's about taking players where they can't take themselves. And he said, and whether it's Jordan or Isaiah Thomas, they can't get there by themselves. They need mm-hmm. you. And they need you, meaning you, Alan Keene. They need you to help them get there. And that's part of that journey and stuff. I love that, though. That is Your answer is spectacular. Uh, can, can, but, I add, can I add to that, Coach, before absolutely, we move on? Yeah. I wonder, I, and I, no, this is me wondering, because the world that you coached in and, and that NBA world, I know nothing about, you know, and, and I hope someday to find out. But I wonder, with the experiences I've had, I wonder, do the players take us on a journey? If and would it be, is that something we should facilitate? Now you're talking about debunking the traditional coach-athlete um, domain, the coach-athlete relationship. But I wonder, do the players take us on a journey? If do we acknowledge that? Because I can't get better unless the guys in front of me allow me to get better. If they they facilitate my journey as, as much as I facilitate theirs, it's just something I'm wondering, coach. Then you sparked my thoughts with that in terms of taking people on a journey well i always say that my players have taught me way more than i've ever taught mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and so I, I i think you're absolutely right and we'll we're going to dig deeper into why that happens uh and i, I you know but I, let me ask you the second thing why do you coach great question and i hear you asked i've, I've listened to you yeah. by the way i've listened to you for years and i and, and you know what you, you've had these. I, I really, I was telling somebody today, my partner, that, you know, I'm going to be on this Coaching You Live podcast. I said, Brendan's really lowered the bar having me on here, but, you know, how wonderful it is. And I've listened to you ask that coach to, to many coaches down through the years. And a young coach, a very inexperienced coach, asked me it a few months ago. And when he asked me, I was doing a webinar. And when he asked me, you know, I gave him a real cosmetic answer. Sure. And it made me go away and think, right, well, I could say the stereotypical thing or the first thing that comes to mind, but I went away and I really thought about it. And Brendan, my mom, <clears throat> um, at her funeral a couple of years ago, 
I hadn't realized the impact that she had on people's lives. Now I knew, you know, her having recovered from, from being an alcoholic, you know, 35 years ago, I knew that she was helping others, you know, and I had seen it grown up, but you don't take notice because you get used to it. But at our funeral, there was over 300 people that turned up that I didn't know who they were. Wow. But I don't live in Ireland anymore. My sisters are still there. And I kept saying to my sisters, who's that? Who is this? <laughs> and my sisters kept saying to me, yeah, mom helped that person. Yeah, mom helped that family. Yeah, mom helped that person. She helped them with, you know, drug addict, with drugs and with alcohol abuse. And I, I realized then at her funeral, the significant impact and how much that she gave to others. And it made me sit back and think, I think that was drip fed into me unknowingly. And I think that's why I have such a thirst, hunger, desire to coach and, and to stay in coaching and to want to continue to stay in coaching, not for the wins and losses, not for the trophies, but for the, I guess, from a selfish perspective, actually, it's from the, the, the buzz I get from seeing somebody else progress, from me being able to potentially help somebody. And that could be just as simple as listening to another player or whether it's taking a player, getting him a better contract or moving him on to a school in the States, an NCAA school, getting him that scholarship, helping him get that scholarship. But I, I know I'm very crystal clear now, Brendan, and I mightn't have been a year ago if you'd have asked me that question. But I'm crystal clear as to why I coach right now, and I think it was handed down to me unknowingly. Well, you know, I think there's so many coaches that it, you know it, it doesn't matter where in the world you are that they equate coaching equals winning, and I can tell already uh, we're both and 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 Chris and uh, we're all in the same we're aligned in that it's about the person that we're coaching. It's not the score. We want to win all of us, you know, when we play, but it's more about, you know, being part of that person's life, boy or girl that you're coaching to help them become the best version of themselves. Correct. Absolutely. And you know, that's, that's the difference. I mean, I thank Mark Bennett for this one. He gave me a great, wonderful saying, you know, we, we talk about excellence all the time and, and we use it as a mantra with our teams every year, but it's, if you peel back what is excellence, it's very simple. It's, it's not the wins and losses. It's not the championship trophies. Excellence is simply defined for, for each individual player, for each team, for each coach. Excellence is doing the best you can with what you have in the present moment. And that's, if that's the definition of success and excellence, then it's very easy to be successful. It's very easy to be a winner because you just commit. You commit with intent to every, in every moment, whether it's on the court, off the court, nutrition, hydration, sleep, psychology, studying tape, whatever it may be, practice sessions, game. You fully commit to the choice you make in every moment. That's the definition of success and excellence. And that's, that's very much what we carry out in, in, in game time and practice as well, Brendan. Like I'll ask the players, like, are you fully... I'll ask them to review a segment of practice. Mm -hmm. But I'll say to them, before, before we review what happened in that last 10 seconds, did you fully commit to the choice you made and, you know, we get past the sticking point in the season where they become more comfortable with you and they're not, they're telling you the truth. Sure. They're not telling you what you want them to hear. And if they haven't fully, if they say, no, I didn't fully commit, then we don't talk anymore. We say, right, there's no point in reviewing that technical tactical if you didn't fully commit because <laughs> we're just basically reviewing a 50% effort. So there's no value. Say, so, right, bang, back out there again, off you go. Let's review the next one. So, I, you know, the definition of success, do the best you can with what you have in the present moment, every mm. moment. That is powerful. Um, okay, so our next question. Why do you coach the way you coach? Yeah, I, I mean, I was very lucky at a younger age, Brent. I had great coaches, and a lot of them were American coaches. And, you know, shout out to Russ Bradbird, who is the assistant to Don Haskins. 
at Texas El Paso for, I think, 12 years. And, you know, Russ came over and coached me in the Irish Professional League for a few years. And we had, and I, he, he opened my eyes to a, to a better way of coaching. But to that point, I very much started out my coaching career because of the previous coaches I had mm-hmm. prior to meeting Russ. And that was very much a, you know, there was nothing wrong with it. It was great. You know, it was very, very heavy handed, very dictatorial very disciplined, a very high disciplined environment. Like the eye test could see the discipline or you could feel the discipline in that room. That's not to say the way I'm coaching now lacks discipline. If anything, it's, it's accelerated, but it's not, it's not as obvious to the eye from the coach. Um, and, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it, Brendan, you know, I, as a junior coach, a younger coach, I, you know, I, I was very disciplined and very hard with the young kids and I had them doing push-ups in the timeout if they weren't doing things well. And, you know, people say to me, do you cringe at that right now? Do you feel, and I say, no. Because that's, I was doing the best I could with what I had at that moment in my career. Now that I'm a bit, now that I'm a bit smarter, a little bit smarter, <laughs> now that I'm a little bit smarter, if I'm still doing that, then I'm a knucklehead. Then I, then, I, then I should cringe and I should be ashamed. But I never critique any coach when I see them do something and I think they're hard on the kids and they're making them do push-ups in the timeout. I, I, don't feel, I, don't, I don't feel bad for that coach. I just feel like I can help that coach. I can raise their awareness of what's the value of what you're doing and what's the impact. Let's measure that. Have you ever tried to measure that? So, you know, I coach the way I coach now because I've, my eyes have been open to a better way to do it. You know, I've talked about, I mentioned five guys at the start of this mm-hmm. um, podcast who have been very influential. You know, I've gone on and done some studies. I've done a master's degree in coaching science. I've currently got six months left on a professional doctorate in coaching science and basketball coaching. So that's helped me to really unpick and research better ways to do things. You know, Mark Bennett's really helped me to self-evaluate myself loads in terms of how effective are my timeouts, how effective are your practice sessions, how effective are your one-to-one interactions with your players on and off the court. So it's, I've gone through a real, a real deep dive into who I am as a coach, which has helped me to unpick and find better ways to do it. And, and what comes with that, Brendan, is like a high level of vulnerability. You know, you, yeah. you, you, it's difficult to watch yourself when you've coached bad. It's difficult to watch the timeout back when you know all you've done is vented and commentated in that timeout because you've been frustrated. And I'm still falling victim to some of that stuff because I'm human, but I, I'm, I'm probably I'm probably 90% better than I used to be at it. Um, I've just discovered a better way from talking and sharing with other people. Absolutely. But listening to some of your guests on the podcast, for example. You know, I've st- I'm, I'm the greatest thief in the world, you know? <laughs> Well, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you are, you know, but one of the things that we found in coaching uh, that, but really in any profession, whether it's parenting or anything is uh, that many of us, we do the way we were taught. If, you know, if we had a parent that was tough on us, you know, God forbid those poor children, we're going to be, you know, tough on them, maybe unfairly tough. And, but if we had a coach that when we were playing that was screamer and yeller at us and, and it would then what happens is a lot of us model that person, you know, and, and rather than be ourselves, you know. And I, so I think that's 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 a great discovery and growth by yourself on that. Can I share with you um, a little can I share with you a little a little side project I did a few years ago, um, you know, to, to actually to unpick how I can do this better to find out like, what else can I do to be a better coach? Or does this athlete-centered approach thing actually carry weight with players? Like, what do they think about this style of coaching? Do they want to be told the answer? Do they want to be held accountable with a heavy hand? You know, because some players actually will tell you they do. But I did a bit of a case study with, like, ex- some were ex-players. You know, a couple of guys had played in the Olympics. 
Some guys were currently playing pro in Spain and Italy and different countries, and some were junior national team players, 16 to 20. So I kind of got a broad range of players. In. So I asked the players, what do you look for in a coach? What are, the, what are the traits, characteristics that you're looking for in a head coach? And, you know, you, you take into account you've got a wide spectrum of, of national team, junior national team players, right up to players who played in the Olympics. Some are retired, some are currently still playing. And the common trends were this. They, they pretty much all said they're looking for, co- for, for a coach who trusts them, who lets them problem solve. And some of them said they were looking for a coach who, who accepts ideas from the players, relinquishes a little bit of control and kind of steps back and, and allows the player to solve the problem. It, they also went down the route of, you know, away from the tech tech, they were looking for a coach who invests time in the person as well as the athlete. So they are looking for coaches who are going to help them get to the next stage of their career. But they also wanted a coach who's going to invest time in them as a person and who's going to show patience. And they didn't use the word empathy, but that's what came out of a lot of the feedback when I was reading it. They were looking for coaches who are, who are not, symp- not sympathetic, but have empathy for, for what they're going through in that moment. Um, and the last few things that were the common trends that came off of it were, you know, they're looking for, they're looking for coaches who who will develop a player-coach relationship and not necessarily just be a dictator and help them to grow as people. And the last point, a couple of guys raised this, and, you know, word for word, it wasn't exactly the same, of course, but they, they mentioned that they're looking for a coach. They would love a coach who's got a desire to evolve and grow and not just feel like he knows all the answers all the time. So, actually, I think they, if, if you peel it back, they, the vulnerability creeps in there. Players looking for a coach who's willing to show vulnerability in front of them. I guess it's just the human, the human side that they're looking for as well. But those, those responses, those responses for me personally, I felt were refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't, they, I, didn't, I wasn't guiding them or anything like that. I was, it was a genuine, curious question. What do you look for in a coach? Now, they also said they want a coach who will take who will take control, who will show authority. But it was very much along the line of when it's the right time. Because what came out a lot was like, um, coach, they, what, they, what they were trying to, what they don't want and what they put up with a lot, they said, is coaches who get very emotional, especially in pressured moments <laughs> of the game. So they wanted a coach who was a bit like Tony Bennett, I guess, calm as contagious, as, as they termed it when I was listening mm-hmm. to one of the games last year that calm approach, which would help them to be calm and think better under pressure. Outstanding. No, that's, that's, that's as good as I've ever heard. That's fabulous. Alan, what do you think? Um, you know, <laughs> this has always been uh, a, a real question. I always see with coaches, you know, you know, what do you think? And I don't think we do this often. What do you think it feels like to be coached by you or me? You know what I mean? If you're the player, I think, you know, we, we don't worry about them. I mean, many of us, they, we just coach, you know, the hell with them. And and I think that's a huge mistake. What does it feel like to be coached by me? What do you think it would be to if right now with the way you're coaching, your style of coaching right now, you got to feel pretty good about it for a player that plays for you? Well, I'll give you the, the thoughts and experiences of, of one of our American import players two years ago. And he sh- I, I didn't notice. I saw the video after. He shared with a group of coaches on, um, on a coaching course. I saw the recording, you know, after he did it. I didn't realize he said this. But 
they asked him, you know, what's your experiences like here in Reading as opposed to back in the States when you were playing in your college team? And he said, well, in college, I was, I was, pro I was there four years. And he said, I could tell you what the coach was going to say before he said it. Um, so I, I, I pretty much was conditioned to, to know what the coach was going to say. Um, and he said, I, I, I very much was, I was very much clear on where the boundary lay with me as a player. And he said, when he came to us in Reading, he said it took him two or three months to adjust. He said, like, he said, Coach Allen asks me all the time, what are my thoughts? What am I thinking? You know, what am I seeing? He said, the game, when the game's going on and the practice is going on, and if I'm not in the action, Coach Allen will walk up to you any moment and be like, you know, what have you seen here in the last 10 seconds? And he said, I really like that because I know at any moment in time, I could be questioned about have what we call a hot review. Um, I, he said, I could be hot reviewed any moment. So I've got to be cognitively engaged. And he's really helped me from a cerebral point of view how to see the game because I'm having to think and act for myself. And he said the other, you know, and the other thing he described was when we mess things up, Coach Allen doesn't jump in straight away and, and fix it. Like Stephen Rolnick, who's a, who's a wonderful guy, Brendan, I'd advise you to look him up, um, a clinical psychologist for the past 40 years. But Stephen talks a lot about the writing reflex. And what, AJ was, what AJ's point was, Alan doesn't step in with that writing reflex, like a reflex. So if something's gone wrong, I'm the coach, I got to go fix it. What AJ was saying was, Alan will let you mess up, get stuff wrong, but he'll also allow you to self-correct. Mm. You know, he'll allow you time and he'll give you some, some, some airspace to actually, when that happens again, you'll see, if, you'll see if you can correct it or more powerfully, if your teammates see that you've messed up and they're influencing you with their which we call effective communication you know effective communication being not just noise in the gym but effective communication being i say something to a teammate that has a desired outcome and what's going to happen next so aj describes it as me stepping back a little bit now when he messes up two times in a row my i get paid to step in and, and give him the solution help him with the solution so it's a sliding scale and i think that's where i think that's one of the definitions of a master coach when i look at like people like it was great watching Phil Jackson so so intimately on the last dance. It was wonderful. And I and I watch a lot of coaches on the sideline whenever I'm watching games. I end up missing most of the games. I'm watching how the coach behaves and stuff. And and I'm noticing with certain coaches who I really look up to admire, like they don't have that writing reflex. You can see that they're not getting emotionally imbalanced just because things are not going well. And they're, you know, they're in complete control of their emotions, which means they're probably scanning way more effectively which means they're gathering data of what's going on. So now they can influence the player even better. They're more equipped to give players more information if they need to. And I think AJ would describe me as trying to go down that route. And he, he found it really refreshing. But I'll tell you a quick story. Um, when he first came to us, and I think, his team, I think the teammates would probably say something similar along those lines, not as articulate as he would. He was a, he's a wonderful speaker and a fantastic young man. But when he first came to us, after two months, he, or six weeks, maybe four weeks, he pulled me to one side. And he said, Coach, we got to talk. He said, I'm really uncomfortable with how you're coaching me because I'm not used to it. He said, I just want you to tell me what to do. Just <laughs> tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. I was like, AJ, let's, let's do this. All right, let, let me sell you. Let me, let me explain to you the value of why I'm not going to go in that direction. And I had to explain to him, AJ, let's look at the bigger picture. What do you want? Where do you want to be in five years? Do you want to still be here making this money? Or do you want to play in the ACB? Do you want to play at a higher level? Do you want to have a, a longer career because you're a better decision maker? He said, I want to play. I want to, of course, I want all those things. Well, I said, let's peel it back. I got him to do it. Yeah. I said, AJ, let, let's peel it back. Tell me what the best players have. Describe to me what components they have. 
you know, he went down the physical and the technical tactic. And I said, well, what about the mental? He said, yeah, great decision makers. Okay, well, when the game's on the line, what does a player generally do? Does he stop and look over to the coach or does he execute in the moment because the defense forces him one way and he sets it up to go one way, but comes back the other way? Does the coach tell the player to do that or does the player make that decision for himself? So well, the player makes that decision for himself. I said, well, there you go. Yeah. That's the player I'm going to develop. I'm going to help you be that player. But in order for me to help you to be that player, you've got to do the work as well. You can't be waiting on my commands every time something happens on a court. I need you to be self-sufficient, thinking live under pressure, and adapting. The most important thing, AJ, adapting to what's in front of you. And in order to do that, you have to develop an analytical mind. So I'm just this whole season, I'm going to give you answers, but I'm going to ask you twice as many questions. And straight away, he saw the value in that. And after we got over that little hump, like he flourished with it after that. His, his communication became better. He became a better leader. He was reading the game better. You know, he would tell stuff to me that I wasn't seeing in the game because he's seeing it from a different angle. So now you develop a player who has a voice and a choice and can see things for themselves and they're not completely dependent on the coach. They're independent thinking athletes. They very often give me great information that I don't see because I don't have the angle they have on a court. I'm on the sideline. So that's the whole, that, that's, that's the main bones behind it of, of, of why I'm going in this direction, Brendan, as a coach. I think, I think it's outstanding. I, I really do. And I, I think it's something that, I, I see this is what I call the next level of coaching. Uh, this is very, very advanced stuff, and uh, this is where you need to trend. I congratulate you on that. My last question for you before we get into Mark Bennett and yourself is, uh, and I think it's a simple answer for you, uh, you know, but it's the really important thing that some coaches, they don't get this one right, and it screws them up. Would I want to play for myself? And I know the answer for Matt, you, right? It's funny you said this. I was reading a wonderful book this morning. Um, it's called A Language of Coaching by Nick Winkleman. It's fantastic. It truly is. It's all about like um, how can we say things more effectively that players understand so they can execute more effectively. Basically, cueing, internal versus external cueing. And I remember saying to my partner, we're sitting out here. It's, it's sunny in London, which is rare, by the way. Oh, it's like one day. Take one, a picture, one day, send it to me. Yeah, that'd be great. One, <laughs> so, so one day a year, and I'm sitting out in the sun reading this book, and I said to Esther, I said, I wish I had, I wish, wish I had better coaches when I was playing. I wish I, I wish my coaches knew this stuff when I was playing. <laughs> and, like, I would like to play for me now, for sure. Yeah. Would I have liked to play for me 10 years ago? Absolutely, because I got Irish blood in me. You know, <laughs> so that fiery guy on the sideline, I, I'm used to that. I had those type of coaches, but I think I would. I think I can coach a player to be a better player now than I could ten years. Yeah, and that, and that's that, that's the thing. I mean, if you stay the same, I mean, I've been doing this forty seven, forty eight years, and my God, I've changed so much. But that's that's the key in, in this whole business to keep growing and improving. If you're staying the same, my God, you're in rough shape. Uh, so talk to me about Mark Bennett. I was fascinated in reading and, and watching you and Coach Nick and, and you talking, of course, uh, to Chris Oliver about him. Explain to me uh, the system because I, I think it's really something I had not heard of and I try to learn as much as I can. So please. Well, Mark, Mark developed um, systems for, for, being, for helping people to be more effective at what they do. And he calls it the P his, his company is the PDS way, the performance development systems. So what Mark's doing ties in 
quite closely with my professional doctorate studies at the moment. And, and Mark has heavily influenced it because of how he's mentored me. And that process about the PDS system is very much about how can I influence? It doesn't have to be a player. Mark works with a lot of coaches, but the beauty of it is you take the journey Mark takes a coach on, the coach takes the players on. You know, and he's doing stuff for corporate in the corporate world now sure. as well at the moment. So nothing changes. The process is the same. And the process is how can I get people to become more independent, self-motivated in a process of acquiring knowledge and skills? You know, and that's that's pretty much the definition definition of um, developing a self-regulated learner. And some in, in the components inside of that are, are what, what you would see from a self-regulated learner or somebody who's self-sufficient, self-managing, they would display personal initiative, perseverance, and an ability to adapt under pressure when things change like it does in performance, in the performance world. And then if you put it all together with Mark's, um, you know, he, it's a lot of self-analysis. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, being a self-reflector. There's a lot of self-reflection. Um, going on in that process. So planning, a person planning what they're doing, setting goals and planning, monitoring that plan, evaluating, evaluating the process you've gone through, and then adapting live or adapting and, and reshaping the plan. So very much around how can I develop, so, how can I help somebody to be more self-sufficient, self-managing, and ultimately become a better decision maker, um, regardless what domain you're working in coaching players, corporate world teachers. We, Mark and I did a wonderful, wonderful project in a school, in a high school in London, where we brought the components of the coaching world. So I was coaching with the national team at the time. And, we, and all the stuff that Mark had done with me there to be a more effective coach, to be, to be a more effective coach, we brought that into the school, into the educational world, where we mentored like five or six teachers to take these principles on in their classroom. And they went through that cycle of reflection and, you know, how can they establish their, the environment to be a high performance learning environment. So in summary, I think I've just said it well there in the last sentence, <laughs> what Mark does really well is helps coaches, people of influence to establish high performance learning environments. So one of the things that, you know, the buzzword and, uh, you know, in the U S is player development, right? Everyone's everyone's concerned about player developing. I think it's a worldwide thing, whatever they call it, whether it be in Italy, England, Serbia, China, etc. But to develop the individual, let's say. But then to develop the, the players on the team. My thing about player development is it doesn't matter what drills you give these kids or young people. Uh, it's you better You can't develop anyone... Or coach anyone, I'll go further to say, unless you have a relationship with them. Agree? Disagree? I, I absolutely agree, Brendan, but I'm going to go one step earlier than that. And I don't, okay. I don't believe you can have a true coach-player healthy relationship unless you have a, 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 an honest relationship with yourself. So what, I'm all, what, I'll, what I often say is, and we hear this a lot from coaches, you know, I'm, I'm, I asked, like, I've done a lot of these Zoom calls over the quarantine period with coaches from all over the world, over 100. And it's just for my own professional development. And I often ask them, what is, what is, what's your strength as a coach? And many of them come back and say, you know, I'm very good at having establishing relationship with players. And two things I always say, number one, how do you know what's your evidence? 
because we are a supreme being in players' worlds. We choose their minutes, we select them, we, we decide how many minutes they play. So they very often, I believe, say what we want them to say, what they think we want to say. So I often ask, where's your evidence that you have a good relationship with your players? And it's a tricky one. It's a tough one. Second thing, and more importantly, I say, well, you need to, I believe a coach needs to have a true, we need to baseline ourselves first. So when I say baseline yourselves, I feel as coaches, we really need to introduce ourselves to our true self. Like what are what is the what is the impact and value of what we do in our world? And that's a very difficult thing to do. And I shied away from it for years because of ego. And I think many coaches still do. And we very often need support to break down that barrier of who am I as a coach? What do I stand for? What would I be willing to walk away from? You know, what would I be willing to pass up? Like a really well-paid coaching job. But because of these values I have, I'm willing to pass that up. Like, how well do we know our true selves and how, how willing are we to stand, you know, firm on those principles and concepts? And very often we need support with that. And that's where I was very lucky with Mark. You know, one of the most powerful things he's given me is an opportunity to be honest with myself and, and support me in that process. So I think you talk about player development, you talk about relationships between coaches and players. I don't think you can have any of those things unless you have a true relationship with yourself. And, as, and I, I term it like this, you've got to introduce yourself to your true self. Boy, that is, that is so profound. That is so true. Uh, let me ask you, uh, I'm going to go different places with you if I could, Alan. Uh, give me right now the number of years that you've been professional coach. Is it four? As a prof well, you've been a professional coach since the day you got paid, but, but at the pro league there. Uh, this will be my fourth year in that academy slash pro league. It will be my fourth year full right. time. Right. Yep. Okay. And and I'm doing this uh, not to embarrass you, but I, I want to, uh, I think a lot of problems with uh, coaches, especially here in the States, and uh, I don't care if I piss off some of our listeners, but it's important that they know this. Uh, you know, they want to skip steps. All right. You've, you've paid your dues, so to speak, but give me your age right now. And I want them to understand this. I'm 42 years old. Okay, and what what's the dream for you? And what what do you where do you want to go in your career? You know, I've I've been coaching national team for about 10 years, junior age from under 16s to under 20, um, up to four years ago, and working with the men for the last four years full time. I have a thirst and a hunger and a desire for performance coaching. So for me, Brendan, I hope one day I can get to the highest level. I get asked this a lot, and I get, I get asked a lot, are you on a journey of being a head coach at the pro level, continuing at the pro level and moving up, or are you a coach developer? Are you a coach um, educator? Great because question. I have, great I have, a, genuine That's I have a, a genuine question. passion for that, Brendan. I have a genuine passion for helping other coaches, and, um, and I think I've got a lot to offer in that area. But my true passion, what's the, the fire that's burn, burning brightest is when I walk in that gym and I've got 12 guys, 12 to 15 guys in front of me, and we're going to go on a journey together. So for me, I, 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 I'm, I'm thirsty and hungry for the next level for coaching, no question. And, you know, uh, and you can have two dreams, right? <laughs> you know, uh, because that's exactly, you know, I'm a coach of coaches right now, but you know, I've coached at the highest level and I've done, so you can do both. 
and you can and I've been doing what I'm doing now for over 20 years but uh there but I I can tell uh your intellect as far as the coaching is at the highest level that of anyone I've ever spoken to uh you know and so you understand the entire process and uh, and I think that is so important uh, but you understand that talent is an important ingredient if we're going to win and all that stuff. But what you do with talent, that's the whole dream and, and uh, what you can do with it. But, I, I you know, I, I just think, you know, you have so much to offer. And, uh, you know, and I love that you're coaching, you know, near home. You know, near, when I say near home, near Ireland and stuff and in England and stuff, which is a fabulous place, uh, you know, our sister country, so to speak. And uh, But, you know, it. Uh, you would be a fabulous coach in the U.S. Uh, you'd be terrific. You can coach at the pro level uh, because you understand it. You understand it. And to to coach, I want you to tell me the next time, and I know you watch NBA games all the time, you tell me that the next time you see an NBA head coach screaming and yelling at his best player. And I will give you one thousand dollars, okay? Because you ain't seeing it, okay? Because that don't work, and uh, you understand how to reach those guys, and that is the ultimate thing. The better the player, the more cerebral you have to be, I think, to coach him. And and boy, you have that, Alan. Tremendous, tremendous. I think this is uh, for all of our listeners. This has been an incredible experience. If coaches from the U.S. Uh, or anywhere, Australia, we have people all over the world. If they want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Well, first of all, before I give my contacts, I just want to say, Brendan, that was that's very humbling to hear that come from you because I'm very, very aware of your accomplishments and what you've done. And and for the journey I want to go on, you 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 have modeled that for me because you've you've coached at that level and you are a coach of the coaches, a wonderful coach of the coaches. So you've given me a fantastic framework to, to, to guide me along the way. Um, so I appreciate that. And, and they're very humbling words you just used. I really appreciate it. My contacts are, I, I don't use social media a lot. I use Twitter a lot. That's the only one. I engage and follow wonderful people who, who I steal from. And my Twitter handle is at CoachKeen14. Um, and a private message on there is probably the best way. My email is Keno14, that's K-E-A-N-O. One four at yahoo.com. Fabulous. Fabulous. I'll tell you what. Uh, I would have loved to have been on one of those Zoom calls with you uh, with 100 coaches. I, it, it would be one of the – I've been on so many this uh, spring, but, my God, uh, to listen to you with, interacting with those coaches would be a treat and a learning experience for me. Alan Keene, you are a master coach in the truest sense of the word, my friend. And thank you so much for sharing with all of our coaches at Coaching You. Thank you very much also, Coach. A promised and delivered. Uh, Alan Keene, please uh, reach out to him. Follow him on Twitter. And I'm telling you, open up your mind to new ways of coaching. Uh, and I think, you know, what he's done, no matter what level you're coaching, I don't care if you're in the NBA I don't care if you're a high school coach, men or women's coach, open up because the key athlete-centered coaching, it's a great concept, but I'll tell you what, he's as articulate a person as I've ever heard talk about coaching. So uh, we really enjoyed that. And until next week, uh, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. 